all of these things the common underlying link is that i was probably chasing things which don't really matter in the longer run these are very i mean these are just dopamine hits at the end of the day nothing else right these are ephemeral highs that you get and once you get that you would want something much bigger hello fellow risk takers and welcome to my worst investment ever stories of loss to keep you winning In our community we know that to win in investing you must take risk but to win big you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. And that mission has led me to create the Become a Better Investor community. In the community, you get access to our global asset allocation strategies and stock portfolios, our investment research, weekly live sessions, and the risk reduction lessons I've learned. from more than 500 guests go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now to claim your exclusive podcast listener lifetime discount fellow risk takers this is your worst podcast host andrew stotts from a stotts academy and i'm here with featured guests sahil vidya sahil are you ready to join the mission absolutely well i'm excited to have you on this mission let me introduce you to the audience So Sahil is the co-founder of The Minimalist, one of India's fastest growing creative solution companies. An engineering graduate from IIT Bombay, Sahil co-founded the company during his final year in 2015, marshaling a crew of over 170 creative minds. Sahil wakes up every day with a single-minded focus to turn The Minimalist into India's most inventive company in the creative business. In 2019, Sahil was featured in the prestigious Forbes 30 under 30 Asia list. He's also been the driving force behind the company's growth, which resulted in the minimalist being featured in LinkedIn's India's top 25 startup list in 2018. In 2021, Sahil and Chirag launched their book Think Like the Minimalists, which is a short read on their unique IP of minimalist thinking. filled with detailed techniques examples and anecdotes the book is a potent tool for design marketing and branding students practitioners as well as leaders to master the art and science of thought provoking design so he'll take a minute and fill in a little bit of detail about the value that you bring to this wonderful world thank you for the amazing introduction to take a minute to talk about myself so by vocation like you already introduced i'm an entrepreneur i was an engineer i had nothing to do with the creative business at all but like most engineers in india they find out only after engineering that they don't want to do that in their life that was my fate too and ever since i joined engineer my engineering college i was into a lot of creative pursuits so i used to write a lot of jokes and post them on facebook back in the day when facebook was still alive and sometimes people would really laugh at them and would really enjoy them and i used to also do a lot of drumming so i'm very inclined towards creative pursuits and i'm obsessed with making people laugh in whatever way i can and in doing so i realized that while i'm not cut out for engineering maybe there's a space for me to explore my creativity and do something about it i also used to write a lot of articles i also joined cora very early again when cora used to be a thing now all of those platforms are not really working maybe but as i did that i realized that creativity is something that i'm really driven by and that's why i started the minimalist which is a creative solutions company and i wake up every day just to produce inventive work so creativity is a big driving force for me and apart from that i'm very curious i read a lot 
and therefore i try to write about whatever ideas i'm coming across and pass it on to other people for their benefit so curiosity and creativity are my driving values and i try to make the world a better place through them and of course charity so there's three c's that define me in a way mm-hmm. fantastic and what type of problems would a company be facing or a person be facing that they'd say i want to turn to your company right so we actually work with companies to offer them solutions in design and marketing so when it comes to design it's literally working with brands to create their entire brand strategy and help them launch their businesses or their products and market it across platforms create let's say the entire brand the launch film or the videos marketed across social media and offline channels and when it comes to design it also means that we work with companies to build their websites and apps so digital products through which people reach out to their customers and you know get transactions going so we are good at design as well as marketing and we work with a wide range of companies right from big fortune 500 firms like coca cola l'oreal american express to even some of the biggest indian corporates and startups to consult them across design and marketing problems mm. it's interesting that you had said you know like facebook it's funny because facebook banned me for i don't know a month or a week or something because of something i said during the pandemic time that it didn't like that it later said is okay to say but they banned me for the time that i said it and then i just thought you know i don't want to be on a platform where it's just like a bully platform where that company can just bully anybody and shut them down i want to be you know in a place where my voice no matter what direction i come from can be heard as long as i'm obviously not saying something illegal and you know so i have seen that i've gone off of facebook other friends of mine have gone off or let's say minimum minimize the time that we're on it and then i look at other platforms i think yeah a lot of things don't work as much anymore that's what you mentioned like what does work for marketing for companies that really want to reach the market what do you think are the things that really work right that's actually a very good question and that's a question we also find asking ourselves our clients are asking this to us we are discussing this with so many people in the industry of course it also depends on the context some brands are b2c and they do find their audiences for example if i take an indian context for now instagram does work for now linkedin does work in terms of at least reaching out to people even instagram is sort of veering towards the direction that facebook took over time where if you don't pay you don't reach even a single soul on the planet that's the direction they are going into but at the same time there are newer platforms emerging I'm sure in the west TikTok has really taken off has captured everyone's mind it got banned in India otherwise I'm sure it would have had the same trajectory in India as well but there are always newer platforms coming up we are also seeing people engaging with others via newsletters podcasts so many different types of media right and we'll also probably see newer ideas emerging what with the entire web3 hype on maybe decentralized social media platform so it's anybody's guess but i'm sure we are just going through these cycles where one platform declines another emerges we'll always have to keep our hands on the ground yeah i mean one thing that i've definitely seen is the power of membership and i've been doing membership related originally i have a lot of online courses that i've just put together over the years since i teach a lot and so my core business is not online teaching but I have about 5 or 6 courses that I've put online and and then I built communities around those courses but you realize like that's hard if you got 
five good courses and you've got five communities, that is a lot of work. And that's when I realized it makes a lot more sense to make one membership community and get everybody in there and then open it up so that they can get access to the courses, they can get access to all of the different things that we do in my research operation. And so that's been something that I've really been enjoying. And now I have kind of a tribe that I can say I can bring ideas out to. Like right now I'm working on what, what should we expect for the return in the stock market in the U.S., in the world, and in Thailand in this case over the next five years. So I have a, a whole spreadsheet that I constructed many years ago where I do that. And I got all the members on a call and I said, let's do this together. What do you guys think? Should it be this one be higher? Should this one be lower? What do you think about inflation? We had a great discussion and we came up with kind of a final conclusion, which was really fun, not only for them, but also for me. So membership is something really interesting. Right, right. And I'm sure community first marketing is also going to grow big time. We'll only need better and better platforms where you have total control in terms of accessing the community, like you said, Facebook and all, it's very difficult to sort of retain access to your own community. And probably, I, I hope there will be better solutions where it doesn't become an imperative to pay those platforms over time, or you know, you have to use a lot of advertising to just reach out to the same community that you painstakingly built over time. Mm, yeah, and I took all of my communities also off of Facebook because I just thought if they can ban me for just saying what I said then they can do anything they want to my business, and that's not cool. So anyways, great to get your expertise, and now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it, and then tell us your story. Sure. So this is not the usual story that you would probably hear, because I don't have a stock or a mutual fund or a real estate investment to really talk about. In that field, I'm actually quite, I'm, I haven't taken very big risks. So it's not a financial story, but it's more of a, a philosophical or abstract story from my own life that I would like to talk about. So if you ask me what my worst investment was, and that was a very good question because it forced me to think quite a bit about what I've done in my life and where have I spent or invested a lot and then realized later that I shouldn't have invested so much. I think one theme that emerged, and this particularly started in my 20s, which also aligned with time at which I started my company, was that I invested too much time in what I can retrospectively say is chasing dopamine hits. And I'll tell you how that is spread across various things, right? So when I started the company, I was 21. And very fortunately, we have managed to grow the business very, very quickly in the first three years, five years, seven, we're seven years old right now. And as we grew, like you mentioned in my introduction, there were a lot of accolades that came, a lot of awards that came, a lot of recognition that comes when you are able to grow. And of course, when you're so young and you're able to do these things, there's a lot of fame and accolades that follow. And somewhere you sort of start really enjoying that kind of attention, this high that you get even in your own business, even if you take out the fame, or the accolades, you get a sort of a high that, you know, wow, I'm achieving so much. Because when I started the company, I wasn't really aiming to start a business. I wasn't even sure I wanted to do this. It actually started in a very organic way. Funnily, I started it as a Facebook page, which went viral. It got over uh, 100,000 followers and that's how it turned into a company, right? So it, it was an accidental initiative that slowly, gradually turned into a business. 
and one thing happened after the other and before i knew it i was just barely out of college and i already had a team of 30 people i already had so many clients and you know things were growing so in that journey as as the business grew as i learned more and more things and a lot of these things followed and a lot of success followed i realized that i started chasing a lot of different things probably unknowingly it could be you know better looks it could be more fame it could be probably better relationships in my dating life it could be building a much bigger company when i saw competitors or when i saw other people also raising funds and building much bigger businesses there is this certain factor of envy that would take over me of course not in any damaging way but of course these were themes that would constantly recur and i was probably also trying to cultivate a much bigger external image right so all of these things the common underlying link is that i was probably chasing things which don't really matter in the longer run these are very i mean these are just dopamine hits at the end of the day nothing else right these are ephemeral highs that you get and once you get that you would want something much bigger and it took a lot of time for me to realize that the things that i am after are not really important in life they are not really consequential to a happy life and i think it really and in fact it's so funny i have a written note i have written a note to myself on a piece of paper saying that don't chase all of these external things the more time you invest in these the uh, worse it's going to be for you just focus on what you have your family all of that actually comes first let go of all of these things and even though i wrote those things when i was probably 23 or 24 i still couldn't implement those things because you know thinking about something and implementing it actually in your life there's a very big difference so to summarize all of this i would just say that as anyone in their 20s i was also after a lot of things which are very ephemeral in nature they are not persistent and most importantly they do not contribute to a long term happiness and i think that is where i invested too much time ended up with a lot of dissatisfaction despite having probably the best life and the best trajectory that i could ever have asked for mm. and mm. hence that time wasted in all chasing all of those things was probably my worst investment ever yep i think a lot of us can relate to that what less how would you summarize the lessons that you learned from this experience so if i have to summarize i would say that one it's very important to internalize the fact that it's never enough whatever you are chasing a high that you are chasing an external high it's never going to be enough we can always tell ourselves that okay once i sort of get to this point let's say let's say it's your instagram followers for example you might say let's say i get to th- a 1000 followers after that i'm done it's a big achievement i'll never look back but then once you get there you're going to be chasing the next 1000 it could be about money you might say okay if i save let's say $1000 or $100000 that's it i don't want to get greedier but the moment you get there you're not going to look back it could be about relationships so the biggest lesson was one is it's never enough number two and i realized this second thing after covid started that's when i started journaling and i started practicing you know gratitude i started incorporating gratitude in my journaling and i started writing the things that i was thankful for every day and i realized that when you really analyze the various things that you have which so many others don't it really puts things into perspective and you start focusing on what you have rather than what you don't so i think that was the second biggest thing and finally i read a lot and i started prioritizing peace and happiness over external markers of achievement and the most important thing the biggest transformation came when i started meditating very seriously 
and i practice a form of meditation called vipassana meditation it was taught by the buddha actually and fortunately the technique of meditation is preserved it's not religious it's a really just a technique and that technique really transformed me in a very very massive way so i think those were the big lessons that i realized can help anyone to come out of those loops of chasing dopamine well it's that's a lot of lessons that you've definitely learned and i think everybody's facing that maybe i'll i'll share a couple of things i'm always reminded of my my mentor the guy that i followed when i started podcasting was john lee dumas of entrepreneurs on fire and he also was on this podcast episode 234 but basically he talked about shiny objects syndrome and the idea of getting constantly the shiny objects come out and then we just go towards those shiny objects and then he also talks about focus follow one course until success those are two things that i really like learned a lot from him about but what i also know is when you're starting a company too you're chasing revenue you you have to look at different ways of getting revenue in the business so everything that comes you've got to kind of try And so it's like the beginning period of a business is the chasing revenue period and then you end up, you know, eventually consolidating that into okay, what can we really deliver and what does deliver, which brings me to another point that someone said to me a long time ago. They said, "I realized after paying PR agencies a lot of money to get out there and be famous in that that PR doesn't generate revenue." And hey. I thought that was a really powerful insight because the idea is that just going out there and you know hey I'm I'm ranked as this and I'm this and I'm that does not mean that the revenue is pouring into the company which brings me to my my point that I always say to everybody who has a startup company is you need to be going over your financial your financial statements monthly get on time and accurate financial statements and stay focused on that revenue because that refocus on a monthly basis on the revenue and the profits of that business will bring reality to you and it will stop you from getting lost out there and getting back to what your employees and your customers need from you which is to bring the value through the company and then the last thing i wrote down is attitude of gratitude i mean what a blessing i i happened to live my father passed away 6 years ago and i brought my mom to live with me here and so i get to have breakfast or coffee with my mom every day I get to see her, you know, throughout the day. I get to see her at nighttime. We got 6 years spent together during the COVID time. We were together the whole time. We weren't separated in any way, and I just think be grateful, be grateful, be grateful every time that any of us feel down. The best thing to do is write down a list of the things that I'm grateful for today. And once you do it, all the other troubles kind of vaporize. So those are some of the things that i would say anything you would add to that no i think that's perfect uh, i think gratitude is really underrated every morning if you wake up and the first thing you do is recount the various ways in which you were so fortunate and so lucky and if that really doesn't do the trick for you probably just look at the level of misery and suffering in the world and you will quickly realize that so many of the things that could have gone wrong didn't go wrong just by pure luck you have gotten the best of circumstances that you could have and i think that itself you know just those simple thought experiments just that you back to reality and make you just feel thankful for whatever you have so i think gratitude is a very very important practice for people mm-hmm. to incorporate yeah 
So let's just imagine a young Sahil who's out there right now, and they're cranking, they're getting their start, they're really excited. They happen to listen to this show, and they realize, okay, I'm getting these dopamine hits. And what I want to frame this next question, keep that person in mind. So based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend that person take to avoid suffering the same fate? Sure. I think it's very clear to me. I would just tell them to meditate, to start meditating as soon as possible. I myself at that very point was procrastinating when it came to meditation. I'd heard about it. People had told me about it. I probably delayed it for a couple of years. And I would not just say meditate. I would say go for that 10-day Vipassana meditation course. That will really transform your life. Because it did transform my life three, four years later when I actually ended up doing it. It's a very hardcore experience. Of course, when you go for those 10 days, you are silent. You have to practice silent meditation. You're meditating 10 hours a day. It's an experience that people haven't ever had in their lives and it's sometimes very difficult. But if you really understand what is being told, you will get experiential wisdom there, not intellectual wisdom. The problem with a lot of philosophy is while it's very helpful, it's all intellectual, right? But if you have to change the source code of your brain and actually get transformation within your body, within your brain, you need some some techniques that cut down to the unconscious and really transform you. And I, I think that's where meditation and specifically this form of meditation really helps. So I think that's my number one recommendation. Wow. Makes me feel like I need to go to the retreats that we have here in Thailand. I know we have a lot of Vipassana yes. meditation retreats here also. And for the listeners, go on the internet and you'll find them possibly near you. I know they got them in India. I know they've got them in Thailand, but I've seen them in the U.S. also and other places. So check it there out. There are 90 plus centers. I mean, 90 plus countries have Vipassana meditation centers. So they are spread across the entire world. And I'm sure if your listeners are from the U.S., U.K., Australia, there are many centers. My friends have actually recently gone in U.K., Canada, U.S. There's enough and many centers for people to try this out. So there's a challenge of the day. So... Let me ask you, what is a resource that you'd recommend for our listeners? Sure. So I write my newsletter on Substack. So I think that's the best place for people to connect with me, read about the ideas that I have. I've also, of course, written about this meditation technique and my experience with it. Of course, what I really gained from it. So that that's also available. And I read a lot generally and try to pass on all the information. So all of that's available on my newsletter. And alternately, for my humor and all my writing, I also use LinkedIn. So those are the two places where I'm most active. Fantastic. And we'll have links to that in the show notes so you can go there easily. Last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? As I shared in my vision, it's to sort of get up and really try to do a lot of inventive work for our clients. So people know us as that company, which does very unique, unconventional inventive work. So that's my core focus for the next 12 or probably the next 24 months also. Fantastic. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't yet joined the Become a Better Investor community, just go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now to claim your lifetime discount exclusive for podcast listeners. As we conclude, Sahil, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of Dots Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? 
thank you so much it's been a fantastic opportunity to speak here and i really hope the audience constantly incorporates the learnings they have from this these sessions and become better versions of themselves so may all of them be happy fantastic well that's a wrap on another great story to help us create grow and protect our well fellow risk takers let's celebrate that we added one more person sahil to our mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives this is your worst podcast host andrew stott saying i'll see you on the upside